Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's the first day of fall, Friday, September 21st. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spittin' Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, the victory fridges have been opened in Cleveland. Yeah, they've closed closed the fridges in New York, I think, too. They need to. People are on suicide watch. Sam Darnold and the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 uh, have given the Browns their first win in 635 days. The Browns are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Jets are 1-2. and two. The Browns get a 21-17 win, and we can start no place else except for the quarterback situation in Cleveland. Terod Taylor looking putrid, going 4-14 for only 19 yards, all right, on until he gets concussed late in the second quarter. The fans were clamoring for it, booing Terod left and right, chanting for Baker. I thought they were going to make the move to Baker to start the second half, and then Terod gets banged up. The Jets can't move the ball, giving the Browns something like a minute left, right? And he drives right down the field. I got to tell you something. You know, Scott, looking at this game, and I don't usually say this much, the ball just straight up looks different coming out of Baker Mayfield's hands than it did to Rod Taylor, or to be quite honest, most quarterbacks. Um, they even made the point on the telecast that the like RPMs on, on Baker's ball were exceptional. It just looked different, and then you could see the buzz. Offensive linemen blocking harder. Carlos Hyde running harder. Um, this is Baker Mayfield's team now, Scott. Yeah, it's a lot of the same things I saw in preseason. You know, the things I liked about Mayfield is, you know, his setup and release mechanically, it's so fast. It's so it's so crisp. And then uh, he throws well on the on the run as, as well. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get rattled easily. He's he's mobile. 
and, you know, good zip on his passes and, you know, just injects a lot of life into the offense when he comes in there. Now, I will throw one precaution out there. Uh, the Jets said they did watch some film of Mayfield, though, but when the starting quarterback comes, you know, when the starting quarterback is somebody else and then somebody else comes in, you know, the defense often gets taken a little bit by surprise. You know, it's not really the guy they've prepared the most for. You could tell the Jets prepared very well for Teron Taylor, but, you know, Baker Mayfield just, you know, everything was everything looked, looked just better from a mechanical and decision-making perspective. After the game, Hugh Jackson said he's got to watch the tape to decide a starter for next week. And if he doesn't say Baker Mayfield, he's probably finally going to get fired. Yeah, you got to figure that. I think you make a good point, though, <clears throat> that, you know, kind of that in-game switch can catch a defense off guard. I mean, the Jets' defense looked really strong in yes. the first half, getting pressure on Terod Taylor's, being able to stop the run. So we'll see what happens next week. But, you know, those Browns go to Oakland next week to take on uh, Gruden. And as we've mentioned, they have no pass rush. I think you, uh, you saw – did you see last uh, – the press conference recently with uh, John Gruden, where he was asked about how the Raiders only have two sacks so far in the year. And you heard his response, Scott. He was like, well, it's really hard to find a great pass rusher. Are you kidding yeah. me? You had one in Khalil Mack. But, you know, so maybe they won't be able to get no, pressure. He was, he was being straight up. He doesn't have one, and he realized it's really hard to find one after he lost Khalil Mack. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's kind of like that's not what Raiders fans want to hear. They had one of the best ones in the league in their midst. But I say this to mean that maybe the Raiders won't be able to get pressure on what we all expect will be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield, anyway. But that's where they have. They will, however, have a week to prepare for him, something that the Jets did not have last week. Carlos Hyde, two touchdowns, 98 yards, and he's, uh, he's a brand-new father as well. You you think he used his new dad strength in order to get into the end zone twice? It was also his birthday, but this, you know, this is the Carlos Hyde that we saw during the preseason, you know, running mm -hmm. very hard, breaking tackles, good near the end zone. You know, this is this is the best version of Hyde that we could possibly see last night. And, you know, slipping tackles, you know, breaking tackles, etc. You know, it, this is the ceiling of Carlos Hyde, whereas we were seeing the floor over the first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Jarvis Landry looked uh, reinvigorated as well. He looked like he was a little frustrated in the first half. He made a great catch, Scott, down the seam. Um, you know, one and one of the drives when the Browns were coming back. Landry finishes with eight catches for 103 yards. Here's what I want to ask you about, though. Listen, we know there's no Josh Gordon, so we were talking all this week about, you know, is it is it Callaway? Callaway got um. Uh, had a chance. He he was ahead of Tremaine Johnson. Terod underthrew a ball um, early in the first half. It could have been a big play for Callaway. My question, though, is also we saw David in the Njoku's on you doing a little bit of work in the seam as well. Are you going to bump, you know, because you were saying we're seeing like the ceiling of some of these players now as opposed to the floor that we were saying. So Njoku becomes interesting to me. If we say if we see a better David Njoku, do you bump him up moving forward? Well, with Callaway, he's going to be boomer bust. It's almost like he's a poor man's Will Fuller. You right. know, if they're able to hit him on the deep shots, you know, then, then he's going to have a good fantasy game. You know, right. if not, he could have a quiet day. With, with, with Njoku, you know, it's, it's it was encouraging to see him, I think, catch two passes after – uh, yeah. after Mayfield came in, but, but, uh, you know, I, I think the guy's still got a lot of proving to do, you know, he was totally invisible with Terod in there, but 
a little bit more life, but I feel like he's probably going to be like at least the third or fourth option in that passing game, and I think he's still got a lot to prove. Everybody got so excited about that two-touchdown preseason opener, but he hasn't done anything yet since. And he was playing with Mayfield in the preseason past that too, so uh, I'm still a little skeptical on Njoku, a little bit more encouraged, but still very skeptical. Yeah, I understand that, but uh, could be reasons why the arrow may be pointing up for Njoku as well. Slightly, slightly. Here's the thing, though. You know, everyone's going to be talking about how the Browns, you know, and Baker Mayfield in this game. Don't look now, but Sam Darnold had a really bad game, Scott. And this is coming. You know I'm high on Darnold. I know you are as well. We've talked about uh, our belief long-term in Sam Darnold and then making him not the same Darnold Jets. But they are right now, okay? They are who we thought they were right now. They are one and two. They are the team that lost to the Browns the first time in two years. But Darnold did not look good, Scott. 15 of 31, 169 yards and two interceptions. Um, you know, under 50 percent completion uh, did not did not look good in this one Scott yeah before they go trading them to the Eagles to be a backup though you know I think we need to pull back here though oh I'm not saying a, little, a little bit you know <laughs> it's it's uh you know he, he's, he's had his ups and downs throughout the first two games we've seen some good Darnold we've seen some bad Darnold the knock on him coming out of college is that maybe he threw too many picks and he was yeah. facing an opportunistic defense last night but, uh, you know, I still like him as a mid-range quarterback number two. I think, you know, the more he plays, et cetera, you know, the thing with Darnold is he doesn't give up on a play. And he will right. force it if it's not there. And once he stops doing that, uh, you know, I, I think he's he's going to be okay. But it, it just it just wasn't Darnold. The, you know, the Jets' defense just, like, didn't play well after Baker Mayfield came in. Uh, I think they should have ran Bilal Powell more than they did because – Powell was running really well. He was picking up like seven, eight yards a chunk. And uh, Quincy and Nunwa played really, really well. It's almost like he reminded me of like, like Demarius Thomas a few years ago whenever they would throw Thomas like a screen pass and yep. he would just take off past the defense on a bubble screen. So yep. there, were, there were some positives for the Jets last night, but Darnold, you know, had chances to win the game but threw two picks. And, you know, really, really it's on him, but – you know, this is this is a rookie quarterback. He's going to have right. his ups and he's going to have his downs. He could easily come back with a good game next week. Uh, for well, fantasy purposes, you're only looking at him as a backup. Unfortunately, next week the Jets have the Jacksonville Jaguars, so it is no easy task. I agree with you. I want to ask you about a couple more players here on the Jets side. I agree with you. Inunwa looks great, and I will say this, though. I don't think it's bubble screens. They actually do inside screens with Inunwa, where he's coming inside, and that's where the blocking is for that screen. It's a little bit of a different scheme on that screen. I agree with you on Bilal Powell. He looked good with some chunk runs, including a 21-yard gain, but then when they got in close, they brought in the Crow Show for, as you you mentioned, and we had someone hit us up on Twitter, Scott, you know, with a little crow gif. We, you, were, you were right to talk about the crow show revenge factor. They, uh, they get, call his number down by the goal line, Crowell. Only 34 yards, right, uh, rushing at 17 uh, with two catches, so 51 yards from scrimmage. But he gets both jet touchdowns in a revenge factor, helping out uh, owners who put him in their lineup. Yeah, he certainly did. You know he wanted the ball when they got near the goal yep. line. And I, I can tell, you know, it's it's a, for any players who say publicly, and I've talked to players privately about this, you know, the revenge game is definitely a thing. 
You know, they they want to like stick it to their former team, and you know he 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 incurred a penalty because you know he took the yeah. football and you know acted like he was wiping his butt to the he crowd. Yeah. So, so he he, won, he wanted to stick it to the Browns, and he did. Terrell Pryor didn't get the opportunity to do that. That's kind of like the, how the revenge game is. One guy will get it, the other guy won't. But you know, there's a fifty percent chance, you know, that you know football's a game of emotion, and these these guys would be like, you know, the quarterback would be like, let's give it to Crow. You know, Crow be like, I want the ball. You know, I want to, I want to stick it to him. I think it's a real thing. You know, whether whether it happens or not, you know, is, right. is on execution. But I think these guys do like to stick it up to the former team, even if they left in a good way. You know, they they want to have fun with their former teammates. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, his number was in fact called by the goal line, as you mentioned, Terrell Pryor. Not as much, only one catch for twenty-five yards for TP three. Scotty, I got one more person I want to ask you about in this game. Um, and all week, you know, I've been talking about the William Wallace. How you got to hold people, you got to hold people. Can you drop Robbie Anderson? I mean, Robbie Anderson, only two catches for 22 yards. He had the fumble. And I, to be honest, Scott, that was the turning point of the game to me. The Browns were, I mean, the Browns were down 14 to 3, I think it was, maybe even 17 to 3 in the third quarter. And Robbie Anderson, after, you know, Darnold hits him with a nice pass, uh, you know, converting a first down, Robbie Anderson fumbles on like their own 15 yard line. And it was that that gave the short field to Baker Mayfield. They get in the end zone. And that's where the momentum was. That, to me, was the biggest play of the game and the turning point of the game, I guess, outside of Baker coming in itself. But Robbie Anderson does not look like he's a favorite target of Sam Darnold. It looks like it's Inunua, you know. Um, And I I don't know. I've been telling you to hold people all, all week. But can you cut Robbie Anderson at this point? I already did, heading up to this game. So... But waivers open next week because now he's locked and he can't cut him. So, you know, so you're hamstrung right now if you have a spot on your roster for Robbie Anderson. But Donald's really not throwing many deep balls. You know, he did the opener. That, but, he, you know, he's not going deep right now. You know, he's kind of looking a little Jared Goffish, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, t- trying to take what the defense gives him. But then, when you know, when he tries to force it, he's not going deep either. There's really no connection there. Unless Josh McCown or Bryce Petty come back into the lineup somehow, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson just not a thing right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think that it, a lot of his uh, breakout last year was connected to McCown and McCown actually taking chances down the field in a way that Darnold just is not? Exactly. You know, I mean, McCown was that veteran quarterback who had – Confidence in the deep ball, but uh, you know he's a journeyman, so uh, he ain't you know, got nothing to lose. Let me sling it. To, Similar to Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick, let, in fact, right? Yeah, let me sling it. We're only going to finish eight and eight, so you know I might as well take a take a crack here. Uh, but I think you know as a veteran quarterback, I think he kind of realizes his talents. You know, maybe Sam Darnold just doesn't feel comfortable taking that deep shot yet. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I think that is what happens, you know. Like I just said, similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's slinging the rock, you know, of 400 yards a game. And we know with Fitzpatrick that um, it's a double-edged sword, right? He's going to start throwing the ball to the opponent at some point in time. You know, when you give your receivers that chance to make a play on those kind of 50-50 balls, that's why they're called 50-50 because sometimes you won't have that. And maybe Darnold just can't risk that in his rookie year progression just yet.
But yeah, I do believe you need to get Robbie Anderson out of lineups moving forward. It is very clear to me, Quincy Inunwa is the number one wide receiver for the New York Jets and should be treated as such moving forward. Scotty, I want to let the people There know, really fans. isn't a number two right now. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, you know, you have Pryor, you have Curse, you have, I guess, you know, Robbie Anderson. They're try- they're utilizing the tight end a little bit more than they have in years past as well. So outside of Anunwa, you know, I think it's kind of a uh, spread it around kind of idea. They even split uh, Isaiah Crowell out wide sometimes as well. But, Scotty, I got to let the people know that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contest. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promotions like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go on over to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Scotty, a little bit later on in the show, in our final segment, we are going to give out our Survivor picks. I know, Scotty, you've had a little rough go of it, but I got faith that you will give out a Survivor pick that will win this week. I got one. Scotty, you're going to call it like the easy one, but that is the name of the game to survive and advance we'll do our picks a little bit later on in the final segment as we've been doing three picks either against the spread i am telling you right now scotty one of my picks this week is not against the spread it's an over under it's a total that i think because some of these remember we talked about this um four games this week have totals of 54 or higher those are like video game big 12 college numbers so i'm telling you right now one of those games I do think is the under. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But at the same time, Scott, with games with totals that high, hey, get some water, Scott. You are right, brother man. Don't worry about it. But with game totals that high, okay, where you have totals of 54, 55, Vegas thinks that there's going to be production there. I think so as well. When we come back, we're going to talk some DFS lineups, and I'm finding guys that I want to stack. I've listened to Colin Drew and Daily Roto where they make millionaires. I want to be the next one. They tell me to game stack. I'm trying to listen to them with some some teams and some games that have very high totals for week three. It's El Rey de Fantasia. It's the spitting statistician. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fridges have been open for the first time in 630-some-odd days. The Browns get a win against my Jets. I uh, try to feel better about it by winning some money when we come back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Don't want to be a player. Yeah, I don't want to be a player no more. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. We're Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Spitting Statistician and the King, Scott Angle. We're getting it in. Talking about Thursday Night Football where the Browns get their first win in 
two years. Hey, Scotty, we got a question here. You know, I was talking about if Robbie Anderson was cuttable. Um, over on Twitter, our guy Steve G was asking us about Nick Chubb. Listen, Carlos Hyde starting to look good. Uh, people were going into the season. I know our former colleague was all over Chubb where I was on the Hyde side of things. It looks like I am proving to be correct in that one. Nick Chubb, is he, is he droppable? I don't think so. You know, I think hmm. people want to look at guys and be reactionary because they're not playing right now. They want to cut cut him. So Carlos Hyde has a history of injuries. I'd hold on That's to true. Nick Chubb because at some point, if Carlos Hyde gets hurt, you don't want to be scrambling to the waiver wire or having to spend a lot of fab to get him. He's already on your roster. You know, I, and I'm going to go on record right now as saying do not cut Rashad Penny. I am telling you, within the next two weeks – Rashad Penny, I have nothing to base this on. This is my prediction, okay? There's, I haven't heard anything like this, okay? But I think Rashad Penny is going to become the lead running back for the Seahawks, if not this week, definitely next week. And they are gonna, they're going to say to themselves, you know, we need to run the ball. we got to take more pressure off of Russell Wilson. we got to give it to one guy consistently, and that's going to be Rashad Penny. They invested the draft capital in him. I think the Rashad, the Rashad Penny train starts moving either this week or next week. Okay, it's interesting how a question about Nick Chubb turned into a minute on the Seahawks. But it's the way it happens sometimes look, here on Roto Experts in the morning. I'm joking with you, Scott. You look, know, at the same time, people have asked me if they should cut him. The same thing with Chubb. I mean, I know we've spent 10 minutes on the Jets, you know, losing to the, you know, the, the embarrassing well, Browns. Well, they actually played. Relevant, they actually played relevant. last night. <laughs> they did? They actually played last night. They did? Yes, at least in the, at least in the first Not half well. they did. But I hear you, Scott, you know, with Nick Chubb. Let me clarify something, though. You, you talk talked about Chubb, though, only in terms of Hyde's injury history. And, of course, if Hyde gets hurt, you know, that's the thing. But what about otherwise? You know, do you think just in terms of production, in terms of performance, Chubb is still going to be a, pers- a piece of this uh, timeshare? Or uh, to because, because honestly, like, Duke Johnson was getting carries even more than Chubb, uh, you know, uh, yesterday. You know, they'll, so they'll, I mean, they'll always give Duke a few honorary carries. I know, but my question – but my question is, you, you talked about Chubb only if Hyde gets hurt. Outside right. of injury to Hyde, um, do you still believe Chubb is viable outside of injury to Carlos Hyde? No, but there's a good okay. chance that you know sure. Carlos Hyde will get hurt at some yes. point, so I'm not going to cut him. It is. It's just. It's just a. Um, it's just a clarification, you know, because owners out there, it's a different level, you know, because then, for example, you talk about Penny, right? How he, he may just ascend regardless of an injury to Carson. Right. I believe, I personally believe that we're going to start seeing the ascension of Sony Michelle and of Carrion Johnson, and but you're saying that it might take the injury for more of this to happen in Cleveland. Let me just let right. you know, I said this that, about Leonard Fournette, you know, like before the year, like you should roster TJ Yeldon because Fournette you know, has a history of getting hurt. Some guys are more injury-prone than others. All right, fair enough. i got to tell the people, Scotty, to head on over to DailyRoto.com. This is the site that has produced $7 million winners. And click on Go Premium. There you will gain access to a line optimizer that will help you compose your DFS rosters on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Not only has DailyRoto.com produced 7 millionaires, but it's produced millions more in winnings for its subscribers. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to use the same game tools and algorithms that's produced all those winnings from Moneyline Picks, ATS 
picks, game totals, player props. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, the industry where millionaires are made quite literally. All right, Scott, uh, you know, maybe using some of this Daily Roto advice. You know, I listen to uh, Colin Drew. We've had him on our show a bunch, and he talks about the game stacks, right? And I listen, there are – I think it's really interesting this week. There are four games – Scott, with totals that are 54 or higher. But interestingly enough, one of them is the Sunday night game, and one of them is the Monday night game, which means those are not on the DFS slate. So we are left with two games that have a ton of points expected, you know, a lot more than the other games. That's the Falcons and the Saints, and then, of course, the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So what I'm doing in my lineup is I am trying to stack both of those games and get as many of those guys in as possible. Colin Drew has told me to find the games stack and get three players in from each of those games and that's what i'm going to do scotty you want me to how do you want to do this you want me to give out a full lineup or should we go position by position here with your lineup and mine i think we should go lineup lineup okay um so i'm gonna go first then I'm going to go first okay. and because I've already explained a little bit some of my theory behind this. Um, so this game, everyone knows about the Kansas City Chiefs and this offense, right? Everyone's thinking that Patty Mahomes is the best thing since sliced bread or the invention of the wheel, right? And here's the thing, Scotty. The Chiefs have been putting up ridiculous amounts of points. But the Chiefs' opponents have also been gashing the Chiefs. So my starting quarterback this week is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo at 7,400. Okay, Jimmy G at 7,400 I think is viable. On FanDuel, right? I'm on FanDuel, yes. Yeah. Uh, because okay. our – our, our um, you know, we have a partnership with FanDuel here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, so I'm, 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 I'm riding with them. Jimmy Garoppolo, though, check this out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth. He is the tenth most expensive quarterback on FanDuel, Scotty, and he's facing those Chiefs. I think this is a great matchup. I have Jimmy Garoppolo in as my quarterback, but then I'm going to stack him up. I'm going to do it in a slightly different way. I also have tight end George Kittle in my lineup, okay? I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. I made this lineup before Goodwin was upgraded, you know, so he might be in there, but I don't care. I think there's enough stuff to go around for everybody, and I like the price tag of $5,800 on FanDuel for George Kittle, and then I'm also getting Matt Breida in my lineup from this San Francisco team, okay? Matt Breida gashed the Detroit Lions last week with 11 carries for I think it was like 135 yards. I see him doing work in the pass game as well. I think that's how San Francisco is going to put up some points. I got Jimmy G, I got Matt Breida, and I have George Kittle in my lineup. Then, because, you know, I also, you know, I think people are going to try and get those Chiefs in the lineup, and I think people forget that the Chiefs' opponents have really done a lot as well. Then, on the yeah, other I side, actually, the other... I've actually seen some, like, like average fans, like, predicting the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, what are you talking about? They don't play defense. It's interesting. You yeah. know what I'm very intrigued by? I don't know if it's week – I think it's week five, Scotty. The Kansas City Chiefs go to Jacksonville. Um, and I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup, you know, the uh, immovable object versus the impenetrable force or whatever that saying is. But I digress. The other big high total game, Scott, is the Falcons and the Saints, okay? And I found some goodness in this one. I already told you Matt Breed is one of my running backs. Give me Tevin Coleman this week, okay? Tevin Coleman at 7,300. 
100 on FanDuel. I like him. I think he is underpriced. They still have Devontae Freeman priced up, you know, so that means they're certainly not uh, fully considering Tevin Coleman in the opportunity and the usage that he's going to get. I like Tevin Coleman, Scotty. I think Tevin Coleman is a viable starting running back in the NFL, regardless of Devontae Freeman, and I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And then in this game also, I'm taking both number one wide receivers, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. These guys are second and third in the NFL in targets, respectively. I think this game is going to be a lot of points scored. I think these guys are both target monsters, and they are going to get production going back and forth in this game. I'll give you my third wide receiver right now, Scotty. Because of the fact that I spent up on Thomas and I spent up on Julio and some others, maybe a guy like Coleman and Jimmy G, I had to find a little bit of a value wide receiver. I have one all the way down at the bottom of the price chart, okay? At only $4,700 on FanDuel, which is dirt cheap, Scott. I have a guy who we were talking about in waivers, you know, when we were talking about them earlier in the week. I think he's sustainable. I don't think he's going to be an amazing ad, but I think he'll outperform $4,700. I'm talking about who we believe is the number two wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. Our boy Tyler Boyd is only $4,700. I'm not expecting him to do craziness, but I'm expecting him to maintain getting eight targets or so, and I'm be happy with, you know, five or six catches and 60, 70 yards. That will certainly be more than the $4,700 price tag. So I've given you most of my lineup. Jimmy G at quarterback, running backs of Coleman and Breida, wide receivers of Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Tyler Boyd, tight end George Kittle in the flex spot. This is where I'm taking advantage of an injury of injury report, Scotty. At only $5,800, I have Corey Clement in as my flex play. Jay Ajayi looks banged up. Darren Sproles looks banged up. Um, You know, Carson Wentz may be back, but there may be some rust to shake off. We've talked about only Aguilar and Ertz in the uh, kind of pass game. I think Clement is going to get a heavy workload. I think they are going to win this game against Indianapolis. So that means some attempts in the fourth quarter as they try and uh, end the game. I like Corey Clement. And then on defense... I had enough money to pay for any defense, so I went pretty much to the top of the food chain. Give me the Minnesota Vikings um, at home against Josh Allen, that offensive line, when their only skill position players that I care about is Shady McCoy, and he's practicing in a non-contact jersey. There's my lineup. Give me the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, So there you have it. Jimmy G, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida. Thomas and Julio. Tyler Boyd is my kind of punt play at wide receiver. Kittle at tight end. Corey Clement in the flex. And the Minnesota Vikings defense. All right. Uh, at first, like you, I thought Garoppolo. But then I thought two things. Number one, he's going to be widely owned. I want to differentiate myself and take a tournament sure. approach. Number two, as bad as that defense has been, uh, I don't. Garoppolo's playmakers are uninspiring to me. So... I don't know if I have enough of a ceiling there. So, And to differentiate myself, I'm going to go with a bounce-back game from Deshaun Watson at $300 more at uh, 7700 at home against the Giants. Eli Apple might be out now too. So hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. And running back, I'm the same as you. I went with Corey Clement. You know, love him against those Indianapolis linebackers. Tevin Coleman against the New Orleans defense. It's really nice. disappointing. And, uh, and wide receiver, uh, I'm able to afford Tyree Kill at 8,200 against San Francisco. Odell Beckham Jr. for 8,300 against a bad Houston secondary. And uh, 
making that connection with Deshaun Watson. I have Will Fuller at 7,200 against the Giants secondary. At tight end, I got my guy Austin Hooper at 5,200 against the Saints to have another good game this week. Uh, In the flex, Kenyon Drake against the Raiders for 6,800. He gets in the end zone at least once, maybe more. And then defensively, they are are the second cheapest defense on FanDuel. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys against the Seahawks, 3,400, because they're going to keep the score down and get some sacks. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It sounds like... um, on some level, on some places, you and I had some of the similar thinking as it related to Bre- two guys, uh, yeah, as it related to Clement and Coleman, Coleman was yeah. it right? Absolutely, yeah. and you thought about Jimmy G as well. You know, I just, I, I you know, I know people love the Chiefs' offense, but Philip Rivers threw for four hundred and twenty some odd yards in Week One. Big Ben put it up like sixty times <laughs> in Week yeah. Two, so it looks like quarterbacks are going to do just fine against the Chiefs. Part of it is because of those that Chiefs pass defense, but Scott, part of it is also to me because of game flow. You know what I mean, like. The Chiefs are putting pressure on teams so much. I mean, last week, you know, the Steelers were down 21 nothing before they could blink. You know, so that's why James Conner maybe had, um, I think he only had 17, 17 yards on the ground last week. Um, so there you have it, a little bit of So there, I, 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 I pulled back a little bit, and, you know, I yeah. know what you're talking about, but if the Chiefs get up 21 to nothing, you know, the Steelers can play catch-up. The Chargers can play catch-up. You know, how will Jimmy Garoppolo be in catch-up? You know, with I, th- I think, you know, you look at the playmakers that they faced the first two weeks, and mm-hmm. I just don't think, you know, San Francisco's offense is, you know, anywhere as good as the first two they faced. So I'm, I'm not saying they can't take advantage of it. I'm just a little bit more tempered than everybody else on the 49ers this week. I hear you. I hear you. Um, you know, that's why one of the guys who I do think is dynamic is in my lineup as well, and Matt Breida. Um, I think he's the guy who yeah. can, in fact, break one for this lineup. But here's the yeah, thing. No, Honestly, no team has allowed more receiving yards to running backs this year than, uh, than, than Kansas City. So that's a great play. Thank you, sir. We will find out how it plays out, and we'll talk about it on Monday. If one of us hit that big and win a little bit of cash, we'll talk about it on Monday. But also, honestly, yeah, I won't be if you enjoy, about it. Yeah, we'll see. If you enjoy I playing daily fantasy sports, yeah, but that's okay. We got to be optimistic, Scotty. Look at our Cleveland Browns fans; they're all drunk off free Bud Light tonight, this morning. All right, if you're enjoying daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at MyBookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect to receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag using the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, it sounds like you and I would recommend going over to mybookie.ag and taking the over on the props bet on Corey Clement and the over on any props bets on on Tevin Coleman, right? Let me ask you about this. I mentioned in my kind of ex- explanation of my lineup, I think Tevin Coleman is, is, is good enough to be a starting running back in the NFL. Uh, do you agree? I, I think he is. You know, I think that gives his team a luxury, of course. Yeah, you know, so I guess my, my thing is, I guess the reason I ask this is like in the same way that, you know, the 
Baker Mayfield era has started in Cleveland, right? Is there a chance, like, put a percentage on it in, in like, for, for you, Scott. Like, what percent chance do you think that, like, Devontae Freeman has lost his job? Uh, 30%. Like, is there a chance? Right, Maybe you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a chance that in the next three weeks, let's say Tevin Coleman looks good, whenever Devontae Freeman comes back, that he is the RB2 for Atlanta? I mean, at some point, Atlanta's got to get frustrated with his uh, unavailability, you know, and, and, and just kind of start game planning and scheming like their running back is Tevin Coleman. You put it at 20, 30%. So, like, there's a one in four chance here that, uh, you know, Freeman just got Wally pipped. I sh- I should probably like lower that to maybe like five yeah? percent. I just really I just don't see it happening. I think Freeman is still their guy when he's healthy. Uh, you know, as, as good as Coleman is, uh, you know, I think you know that they, they like the way that they can use both of them. I I, I don't see it changing a lot, but you know, who knows when Freeman's going to be back? So right. it's it's nothing to even speculate on. We know that we've known even the previous coaching staffs have known that Coleman can play well when he's out, but I, I still think Freeman is their guy. All right, fair enough. One important note, though, on Tevin Coleman. My man Mike Blewett has told me he is a free agent in the offseason, okay? So I do think there'll be an interesting market for Tevin Coleman. He's making money with every game that he looks good. Against the spread picks, Dane and Scott, when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Dame la gasolina. Yeah, a little daddy Yankee, as the Yankees unfortunately will not be winning the AL East this year. But that's all right. One game playoff, it looks like, against Oakland. Hey, Scotty. That was a painful night for you, Dane. It's like, I I feel bad for you. The Red Sox clinching at Yankee Stadium and the the Jets losing to the Browns. Like, it, it, yeah, it was. You know, so many people assume that every Met fan is a Jet fan and every Yankee fan yeah. is a Giant fan. There are I'm a lot a Yankees of Jet Yankee fan, yeah. Jet fans, and it was it was a very painful night for those types. Yeah, it was. I am one of those Yankee Jets fans, and it was a painful yeah. night to see the Red Sox clinch uh, the AL East on hallowed ground, and uh, you know the Jets feel, giving the Browns a win for the first time in almost two years. I feel I Not feel bad for you because you're a, yeah, you're thanks. a class act, but you know it's like. <laughs> Craig Carton claims he's a Yankee Jet fan. He rooted for the Mets until about about two years ago, so I don't feel bad for him. Fair enough. We get yeah. our daily dig into Craig Carton on the show as well. I got to say this, though. Scotty, have you heard my the, the one-game playoff? You know, the Yankees at last check, though, uh, and we're going to get into our ATS picks. Indulge me. You know, I gave you a minute on the Seahawks. Give me one minute here, and it's not even about the Yankees. I have a new platform that I want to bang off of you. Um you know, because the Yankees, they have like their, I think they have 
the second best record in baseball. And they're going to maybe have to play in a one-game playoff, you know, to, for their playoff lives. And so I was wondering about this. People talk about this. Remember when I gave you the uh, platform for the All-Star game where I wanted to do a different kind of skills competition uh, if I was, like, commissioner of baseball? Here's a, here's a move I would make if I was commissioner of baseball. I would change the one-game playoff for the wild card. And I know you couldn't do like a three-game set or a five-game series. I understand that. Here's what I would do, Scott, and I think it would bring in such interest. I think this would be so cool, and it would also harken back to uh, a bygone era in baseball. Instead of a one-game playoff, here's what I would do in both the American League and the National League, and you could do it in two days. Instead of a one-game playoff, I would have it be a doubleheader. On day one, okay? And so let's say Yankees and A's right now. They play a doubleheader at Yankee Stadium, okay? If the Yankees win both, it's over. If Oakland wins both, it's over. If they split the doubleheader, then they play the following day over in the other team's stadium. How cool would it be to have one day where there was a doubleheader in the AL and the NL or, day, you know, consecutive days and, you know, that wouldn't, it would still comp- not compromise the schedule. You would lose that kind of risk of, oh, just losing one game to a stud in the wild card. And I think it would, like, I think it would be really cool. Let's play two, like Ernie Banks says. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I think the one-game wild card is... Very, very exciting, standing on its own. Two games in one day, I think, is is a bit much for some people. Uh, you know, baseball is not as exciting as it used to be, and you know, I think the one game playoff you know puts everything at stake in one game in almost a football kind of way. There's there's so much at stake. You know, win or go home. You know, I I think yeah. uh, to me, I think that's more exciting than having a doubleheader. All right, fair I think enough. You'll appear, well, I think you'll appear to purists, you know, and the, the, everybody's going to have a different opinion on it, but I think it's yeah. good the way it is. All right. Uh, and, you know, baseball playoffs will be getting started in about a week and a half. Mike Cruz with Trevor Rending's story needs to hold on to its lead for another nine days. But, Scotty, let's make our picks here for week three. Okay, what we are doing here on the show is we're making three picks against the spread with the lines, and we're also making our survivor pick to catch you guys up so far, you know, I had a bad week. I only went one and two last week, so I'm now 500 on the season, three and three. Scott, you are one game below that. You are two and four. You also went one and two last week. Last week, Scotty, you went one and two, hitting with the Dallas Cowboys, losing with the Saints. They did not cover the nine-point spread, and losing with your Seattle Seahawks. You had them getting points on Monday night. You went one and two. I also went one and two. Um, I had Carolina getting five and a half points in Atlanta. They lost by seven. I had the 49ers get. Uh, giving six points. They lost by, or they won, but didn't cover. I got backdoored there by uh, Matt Stafford with a late touchdown. But I did hit with the Chicago Bears on Monday night football, covering the spread against the Seattle Seahawks. Our survivor picks last week. Scott, I went uh, with the Saints. I remain involved in Survivor. I would still be eligible. You went with the Washington football team. They did not win. You're 0-2 in Survivor picks, but that's okay. I have faith that you will get back on the pony right now. Let me give you my three picks, and then, Scott, will close out the show with your picks. The first pick I am making, um, 
I'm worried about the Atlanta Falcons, okay? I'm worried about the Atlanta Falcons and their defense with losing Neal, losing Deion Jones. They lost one of their starting offensive linemen and, of course, Devontae Freeman, all right? So I think with a conference, uh, excuse me, a division opponent comes on in, I think this is going to be a game, Scott, where it's kind of like the last team with the ball will win. So given that, give me the field goal points. I'm taking the Saints plus three at Atlanta for my first pick. My second pick... I don't think people are going to like this one, but I am taking the Chargers against the Rams. Why? Because I'm getting seven and a half points. I think a full touchdown, I think more than a touchdown is a little bit too much. Both of these teams are from L.A., so there's no huge home field advantage in this one. And I just think that the Rams are stepping up in class. They have looked possibly the most impressive team in the NFL after two weeks. But as we see, the two teams they've played have not really done much, okay? They played the... Uh, Arizona Cardinals, and they played the Oakland Raiders. I think they have a big step up in class taking on the Chargers this week. I do see the Rams winning this game, but to me, giving more than a touchdown is a little bit too much. I think the back door could be open as Phillip Rivers slings it maybe against the prevent defense. Give me the Saint, uh, Give me the Chargers plus seven and a half against the Rams this week. And then my last one, I told you I'm going to do an over-under, and I'm going all the way to Monday Night Football to do so. The over-under at last check for Bucks steelers was 54 and a half. I'm taking the under, okay? I think that... Fitzpatrick is going to regress to the mean eventually. They're not going to be putting up 40 points every week. And I think it's a little inflated because of that. I also think it's inflated because, as we just said in the last segment, the the Steelers had to throw the ball to keep up with the Chiefs last week. I think it's slightly different this week. I think they're going to try to reinforce James Conner and that running game. I don't think this game winds up 30 to 24 or more. I, I don't think this happens. I think the Steelers are going to go a little bit more ball control, and I think it's got to come back down to earth for Fitz eventually. So I'm taking the under on the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tampa Bay Bucks. So I got Monday Night Football under. I got Chargers plus seven and a half at the Rams. I think that's a closer game as the Rams step up in class and give me the Saints getting a field goal against a division opponent who I'm a little bit worried about in the Atlanta Falcons. Scotty, well, oh, and finally, excuse me, my last pick, uh, I'm taking the Vikings and Survivor against uh, Buffalo. If Buffalo goes into Minnesota with Josh Allen and a banged-up Shady McCoy and beats a team that some people think might be the best in the league, uh, then I'm wrong. <laughs> you know. So give me the Vikings for Survivor. Where do you want to go, Scotty? Okay. Uh, first off, I'm going to take Kansas City. They're minus 6.5 over San Francisco. Yeah. I think they're going to blow them out. Uh, Scotty, I have so- it as minus 7. Are you okay with that? Yes, I'm fine with that. Okay, I just uh, want to make sure because that's a difference in the big number. It's exactly a touchdown you'd push. But currently on mybookie.ag, I see it at minus seven. So you're okay with that, KC minus seven? Yes, yes. Okay. Now, uh, Oakland and Miami, I have mm. Miami as minus three. What do you have them at? Yeah, uh, I'm looking on over to mybookie. I was thinking about that one as well. I wonder if we're going the same way. I was thinking about that. It is minus three. I was thinking about taking Miami at minus three. I think it's real tough for Oakland, west to east. And, uh, you know, they're also a dumpster fire. Yeah, they are. The, the Dolphins, I think, are actually going to go 3-0. and I know. And, that's the only uh, part that know, prevented me from it. Like, do I really think the Dolphins are going to go 3-0? Of course, Dolphin fans will say it's 1972 all over again. But then when they <laughs> do, lose their next five, you know, they're uh, – Right. I, I think they're going to, they're gonna, like, come crashing back to earth there. So, uh, you know, but I'm okay. looking for the Dolphins to go 3-0. and and uh, 
then my third pick for the spread, uh, I am I am going to go with. Uh, sorry, here I'm having a little bit of no. internet trouble. Uh, That's okay. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna take the Chargers. Uh, the, yeah, the that's Rams. What I'm I have them as minus seven. Uh, I believe seven and I a half. Believe, uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. I, I believe it's going to be a close, closer game than that. Uh, Monday night football. I'm going to take the over. Uh, even even though both teams are getting their top cornerbacks back. And my survivor pick is for those who've used Minnesota already. Maybe in week one, I'm going to go with right. the Miami Dolphins against the Raiders. Ooh, the Dolphins. I like that yeah. one. So let me clarify, Scotty, because I heard you give out four things, but we're only giving out three. So I want to which, make sure which ones are your official ones. I heard Kansas City. I heard Miami. I heard the Chargers. And then I also heard the over on Monday Night Football. Um, but if you only got to give three out of those four, All which right, one is not mon- the elimin- official? Eliminate Monday Night then. Okay. Fair enough. I just wanted to clarify. So your official picks here on Roto Experts in the Morning are Kansas City minus seven against the 49ers, the Dolphins minus three against the Raiders, and the Chargers plus seven and a half against the Los Angeles Rams. And you're going Miami as your survivor pick, correct? Yes. All right. You're going over on Monday night, huh? We would be heads up on that one. I'm going under. You think the... uh, you think the production continues for uh, Fitzmagic? You think it, the, the magic keeps going? <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think so. You know, the Steelers' past defense, even with Joe Hayden back, uh, I think, you know, they, they, they look, uh, you know, I think he faced a better team in the Eagles, and he torched them. You know, that's a better defense. You know, Joe Hayden is not going to make enough of a difference in that secondary. I'm, I'm looking for another three-touchdown game for Fitzpatrick. In one of my leagues, I'm waffling back and forth about whether to start him or Cousins, but I'm probably going to lean towards Cousins. But I do have him ranked eighth in my lineup ranks at rotoexperts.com right now. Fitzpatrick, you have eighth? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm considering that. I'm in a league where I picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick on waivers this week because my normal starting quarterback is Phillip Rivers. And, you know, I'm a little bit worried about Rivers against the Rams. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about any quarterback against the Rams. Would you start Fitzmagic over Phillip Rivers? Uh, yes, definitely, given the matchup for sure. You would. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, let's look at a couple of other lines. There are some that we didn't necessarily pick. But uh, let me ask you about this, Scotty. You know, we see a po- there's a point spread here this week. You know, I picked the Vikings as my survivor pick. Um, Scott, the Vikings are 17 point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. You know, I mean, I, I, I yeah, they should be right. You know, I, we all think Minnesota is going to dominate them. Um, but is 17 points too much to give for any NFL team? Uh, it's, it's unusual. Points. It's unusual and it's wacky, but it's not strange given the circumstances. You see this being a 28-7 game? You see this being a 24-3 kind of game? Because, I mean, it could be, you know. I think I see it more, more be like a 31-10 kind of game. Yeah, you think they pull away? Interesting. Hey, related question on that. I've been getting some the questions. The problem with a game that. like this, though, is like once it's 31 to 10 or 38 right. to 3 or something like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, what happens when the Bills are playing catch up and how much Little do they back creep door. closer exactly. to the spread? Spread, right. Yeah. Exactly. The back door is so wide open here with a 17 point spread that that's what concerns me. Yes, Minnesota's going to win this game. They're my survivor pick, right? But. How much what, – what happens against the prevent defense? And the last thing I want to end on today, you know, uh, I got some people hit me up on Twitter because of, you know, our Dalvin Cook. 
uh, getting some balls yesterday. But I wanted to ask you about this. Um, I had someone ask me, I've had multiple people ask me this week about Latavis Murray. And I think Lat Murray could be a sneaky play this week because of what we're just saying now. One, Dalvin Cook is banged up, right? We know this. He still hasn't practiced yet this week. Maybe he's going to go. Maybe he won't. Maybe, and even if he does go, though, Scott, to your point, if this game is 31-10 to 10 in the third quarter, right, Scott, and Dalvin Cook is banged up, they're going to be like, Dalvin, rest up. You did enough today. It's all good. And I believe the fourth quarter will be a lot of carries for Latavis Murray as they, you know, try to run out the clock and park the bus and not risk Dalvin Cook because he's already less than 100%. You know, in the second half, they're not going to need Dalvin Cook, in my opinion. So for that reason, Scott, what do you think about that angle? Are you, uh, Do you agree uh, Lat Murray may be a sneaky play this week um, and Dalvin Cook may not be on the field for the full four quarters? Uh, I think today's practice is going to go be very, very telling. Uh, and that, you know, that's legitimate that maybe he's not on the field for the full four quarters because maybe they don't need him and maybe they don't need to risk him in a game right. like this. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So do you think, what about, you know, what about Lat Murray? Do you think that that's viable? I'm going to go try to check him out over on uh, FanDuel, you know, but what about a guy like Lat Murray? He could be, he could kind of be sneaky getting more opportunity than people would think, not only because of the game script, but, you know, because Dalvin Cook is banged up and they don't want to risk him. Lat Murray only 5200 on FanDuel right now, really low priced if you want to kind of take the chance. What do you think about that, Scott? Yeah, I think it's a good call. You know, Lad Murray's still proven that even though he doesn't have the speed that he does early in yeah. his career, he's a big back who can break tackles, has good vision, has good balance, uh, and you can really carry guys with him when he when he takes it to the second second level. You know, when he gets some good momentum going, you know, Lad Murray can make something happen. If Dalvin Cook doesn't practice today, I think Lad Murray's going to be a very popular DFS play on FanDuel. Yeah, and I'm even saying even if Dalvin Cook plays because he's banged up and because I expect the game script to be one where they're going to want to – like Minnesota is going to be using their big back anyway because I think they're going to be running out the clock against the putrid Buffalo Bills. But remember, Scott, whoever Lat Murray and Dalvin Cook are facing, you know, McDermott and Leslie Frazier are going to be collaborating on um, those uh, defensive calls. The last thing I want to say, we never got into it, Scott. News and notes real quick. Uh, your, your Seahawks are playing the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cole Beasley added to the injury report late week with an ankle. Terrence Williams apparently is now facing a two to four game suspension for an arrest that took place uh, in the offseason. We've said that the Dallas Cowboys don't have many weapons and now they may be without two of their uh, veteran wide receivers. What does this mean for Dallas? Are you more encouraged that Seattle might get their first win of the season? Uh, you know, I think it's a good matchup for Seattle. I think it's a low scoring game. Yeah. And, you know, they think these teams are kind of evenly matched, actually. So it could go either way, but I give Seattle the edge being at home. Uh, right. Cole Beasley was limited in practice. I actually like Cole Beasley as a sneaky play against that Seattle secondary. You know, he's a very good round runner, very crafty, and I like him against that secondary. I'm actually going to have to use him in one of my yearly leagues. Interesting. Yes, the Legion of Boom is not really there in effect. Maybe only 25% of it is still there. We'll see if the Dallas Cowboys are able to capitalize. Two, uh, 
two kind of suspect offensive lines in this one, Scott. You know, so you may see some sacks. You maybe see some interesting defensive scoring. I remember we both have talked about the Dallas Cowboys as a potential streaming offense for week three. Well, Scotty, good luck to you and all of your teams. I don't think I'm facing you in any of the leagues that we are together, so I can officially say good luck to you this week. We'll be back on Monday. I wish you good luck regardless. I never pay attention when I'm playing. Thank you, sir. We'll be back here on Monday to break it all down, recap what we saw on Sunday, preview Monday Night Football, where Scott thinks it's going to go over. I think it's going to go under. We'll talk about that on Monday, and hopefully not so many injuries to talk about. FST is up next. Have a great weekend, Scotty. Roto Experts in the morning.